Amen. Thank God for the word. Amen. And we thank God that we can receive the word with meekness. Amen. So we've been talking about the tides and we started in the old and now we're in the new concerning Jesus and what Jesus had to say on the tides. And we talked about how Jesus said he did not come to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill the law. Meaning that Jesus fulfilled what we could not um, fulfill that God wanted from us. So God sent his son who knew no sin, who became sin for us, so we can become the righteousness of God through him. So Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was bringing grace, he was bringing truth, and everything that was done in the old, he fulfilled it in the new up under grace. Meaning that we don't have to do anything to get what God has already provided. We just live according to the word of God. So we went over Matthew 5, which says that Jesus fulfilled the law. And we went over Galatians 3.24, saying what the law um, was for, um, how the law was our trainer, our guardian, our guide to Christ, to lead us until Christ came. So that's what the law was for. And we went over Matthew 23 when Jesus um, started talking about the tithe. He was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they were paying um, their tithes, but it was things that they were leaving undone, which was um, justice, mercy, and being loyal. So Jesus was letting them know, you're doing, you're paying your tithes, but you're leaving some things undone. So he was letting them know, yeah, the tithes need to be paid, but you don't need to omit justice, loyalty, um, being loyal, being um, faithful, and all of this, and mercy, and merciful. So we went over that in Luke 11:42. It was just going over Matthew 23, um, 23, and we also went over um, Matthew 17 when Jesus talked about paying taxes and. How what's due to Caesar is due to Caesar, what's due to God is due to God, and how he told Peter what to go get the money out the fish's mouth and pay the taxes for him as well as Peter. So we know we're supposed to pay taxes, right? And the thing is, we pay taxes because they say this is what we have to do. But when it comes to the things of God, we leave that undone because we feel like that's not what we're supposed to do because, hey, that was up under the Old Testament. So anything up under the Old Testament, you know, it's omitted because we're up under the New Testament. And what did Jesus say? He came to fulfill it, not to do away with it. That means that if he's done away with it, there's no point in reading those five books right? That Moses wrote. It's no point of going in there and um, reading those books because we say, oh, we're not up under that no more. We cannot omit the law because the law is what brings people to Christ. And the law is not for a righteous person. Why? Now that we're in Christ, we have the heart of God. So we're led by the spirit of God. This is a heart thing. It's not about being under any obligation. It's not about saying, if I don't do this, then this won't happen in my life. You do it because you know what he has done on your behalf. And it should not be a struggle to do it because the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. So everything that we do, we do unto him. And if we're doing it unto him, we're not worrying about what people think or how they perceive us because we're doing it with the right attitude. We're doing it with the right heart. So tonight I want to go into this a little bit further. But I, one scripture I didn't give that Jesus talked about, and it was many more, 
but I want to make sure we have this one, which was Luke 6:38. Everybody know that one. But for some reason, when we know what the word is saying, sometimes we choose to do not to not do what the word is saying. Remember, Jesus, he was a giver. God is a giver. So why would he leave that out now? If he gave his only son to us while we were yet still in our sins. But Jesus laid down his life for us. The father gave his one and only son. What makes us think that we don't supposed to give? What makes us think that we supposed to hold on to what we have when God only made us stewards over what we have? It does not belong to us. And if we look at it that way, it's just like this. If you're in a house... In that house, you have to make sure your taxes are paid. Is that not correct? Your insurance is paid on the house. And when you go out to get that loan for that house and you apply for it, now they add all of that in. They want to make sure they get their money. From what I understand is some of them will not do it no more without putting that in with your house. Your land and your taxes have to be in with your house because they want to make sure they get their money. So we sign those contracts, so that makes us obligated to what we have signed. And if we do not pay um, those things, then guess what? We're voiding that contract. Um, when you don't pay your um, house payment, what do they do? You go into foreclosure. They give you a certain amount of time to come up with that money because we what? We made an obligation. We have to fulfill that obligation that we have made. We um, signed a legal document saying that we would be responsible. But before they made us responsible, before we could take that responsibility, they had to check us out. And they had to see where we were financially because your money have to add up to what you're purchasing, right? And once they look at all your debt and, and they look at what you want to purchase and they'll let you know, you know, you got too much debt. Your credit is good, but your debt ratio is too high. So even though you got good credit, what you um, paying out is more than actually you can afford. So we can't give you anything else. So they'll tell you ways to decrease what you have so you can get what you going out to get, right? So we go up under obligation with them. We go up under a contract and we try to pay what they tell us they want us to pay to stay in our homes. But yet we say the home belonged to us, right? The home that we're staying in actually really don't belong to us. It has our name on it because if it belonged to us, if we miss payments, they wouldn't take it from us. Amen. Your cars, your home and everything. We say, this is my home. Come into my home. As long as you pay in those payments, you can put my there. But when you don't pay them payments, just take the mile off. It belonged to them. So that's what we got to understand. But dealing with the kingdom, we didn't have to work for anything. We didn't have to sign a contract. Jesus paid that price. He was the final payment for us for once and for all. If we miss anything, that don't change what God has already provided. So when we know these things, why are we shortchanging God, but we giving man what's due to him? That just don't sound right. It don't feel right. Y'all, it just ain't right. And I think the biggest problem with um, church folks is they don't see themselves giving it to God. They look at a person and say, we're giving it to a particular person. We're not actually giving it to God. That's ignorant going to see because that's foolishness because God put people in place. This is why the Old Testament 
is reflecting what was yet to come, which was Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament represented him. And Jesus fulfilled what they were saying concerning him from that tabernacle forward. Well, Genesis forward. Jesus fulfilled it when he came. So if we looked at Jesus fulfilled everything they were saying about him, we have to understand that whatever the words say, that's what we should do. Because Jesus took all of this stuff that... Um, comes with the law, he took that away. If you didn't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Jesus fulfilled all of this because God knew we couldn't keep it, but Jesus kept it for us. So we go to him on the behalf of what Jesus done. So all the time that we go to the father concerning his promises is yes. And in him is amen. That means it is so. So we need to see ourselves in him, even when it comes to our money. We can't even leave that part out. When we get money, we need to say, God, this is money you entrusted me with. You gave me what I have. You gave me the job. You gave me the strength to go on this job every day. So, Lord, you entrusted me with this paycheck. Now, Lord, you show me what I need to do with what I have. And that's what we're talking about tonight. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not the money. Because God know we need money to live by. If we didn't have money, y'all, how could we live here on this earth? Because things require money. Amen? So tonight, let's continue a little bit further. Luke 6, 38. Y'all know that one so well. Give. He started off with give. Did anybody know what that means? What does it mean? So when we go into the word of God and it starts off with give. Do we turn the page? We read on. <laughs> it says, give and gifts will be given to you. Do y'all know that's a law of God? That's a law. It says, give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe used as a bag? But the first thing it says is, and Jesus saying this, give. Once you give, this is what you're going to get from giving. This is how God's word is. Whatever God's words say and we do it, we're going to get from the word what it's saying. God has already given it to us, but we have to put it into action by doing what the word is telling us to do. These promises are already yours. But in order to activate these promises... You have to do what the word of God is saying. They're yours, but they have to be activated. Have anybody ever put on a pair of sneakers and didn't tie, tie the shoe? Didn't tie your shoe strings? Some of us have. You know, young people, they don't tie nothing. They just walk with them all kind of ways. But you know you're supposed to tie them, right? And you're so used to tying them, nobody, it just, it's natural. Isn't it natural? The first thing you do, you don't even have to look at it. You bend down, don't even look at it if it's tied right, and you go on because you have just that confidence knowing that your shoe is tied, your shirt is buttoned up, because you have done it so much, and it don't bother you to do it, does it? Not unless you just can't bend down there and do it, because you got something in front of you, and you need help. It's going to be a bother, isn't it? It's going to be a real bother. You got to lift up that leg and say, help! So somebody have to give you some what? It's given in everything, isn't it? So if they giving you the help, you're getting something. Is that not right? Y'all get it? Give. <laughs> everything you do, if you give, you're going to get from what you're giving. If you love someone else, you're going to get that love back. 
You reap what you sow, y'all. So if you're not showing yourself friendly, do you think somebody else is going to show their self friendly? Is this not giving? So you got to give something to get something. And even in relationships, men say, well, you know what I want. You got to give it if you're going to get my love. And some women fall short of that, don't they? Some things you don't give if it's not lining up. So this is why we have to understand what the word of God is saying. And this is what Jesus said. And then he said, for with the measure you deal out, with the measure you use, when you confer benefits on others, it will be measured back to you. So the way you give out love is the way you're going to receive love back. If you stick up your nose at somebody, somebody going to stick up their nose at you. If you do this to somebody, somebody going to do this to you. Not unless they show in the love of God. So we're giving. Whatever we give out is what we're going to get back. So this is what Jesus was saying. Give and it shall be given unto you. This cannot be omitted in the Bible because this is a promise from God. So how can we delete this out of the word of God and try to turn it around and say this is not what he's saying? So this is what Jesus was saying about giving. This is what he was saying about the tithes. It's much more. I just stopped there. I didn't pull the rest of them because we'll be here for a little bit. So I'm going to go a little bit further in support for ministry. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And you're going to see that even in the Old Testament when they were talking about those Levites and how those Levites was supported by them because they didn't have an inheritance. So God was saying, I'm your inheritance. And what God was saying, he said, whatever they bring in, they're actually giving it to me. And I'm actually having that sold to you because you're in the tabernacle. You're doing the work of the tabernacle and they're going to support you for the work that you're doing because they needed to be in that tabernacle so they could stand before God even on their behalf. They were doing different duties in that tabernacle. So they were getting supported. Let's look at Matthew 10, verse 7 through 10. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. These were the followers of Christ. And this is what he was saying to them. We know that he gave them power over unclean spirits and to heal the sick. But this is what he said. When you go preach, announce, proclaim this. The kingdom of heaven is near at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead to life again. Heal, cleanse those who have skin diseases, the lepers, and force demons out of people, cast out demons. I give you these powers freely, so help other people freely. Freely you have received, freely you give. So Jesus was saying, there ain't a charge for this because you have gotten this free. So don't go charge nobody to get healed or cast out demons because freely it was given to you, freely you give to them. What are we seeing today? $50 lines for healing. Paying for mineral water to get healed. What kind of foolishness is that? And people that are desperate and don't know the power of God that's in them, they order gallons of this miracle water and they clear out it's working because that's what they psyched up their mind to believe. So then it said, don't carry or acquire any money with you in your belts, gold or silver or copper. Don't carry a bag, a traveler's bag or a beggar's purse or extra clothes, two tonics or sandals or a walking stick. There go your stick, Willie. A staff. <laughs> Workers should be given <laughs> what they need. Deserve to be supported. 
deserve their food. I have to pick on Brother Willie because he, he can take it. So what did he say? Don't take nothing from your journey. You're representing the kingdom of God. And if I'm sending you out to preach and to preach the kingdom, to proclaim the kingdom, he said, don't you know I have already set up these resources for you? Don't you know that I'm already your source? I'm not going to send you out without you not having. So he said, don't you take nothing to put no money in. Don't you do all of that. Because see, God had already set it up that whatever house they went in, that house is going to support them. Because they're bringing the kingdom. And this is how it should be. When God is sending us out, we don't have to worry about what we eat, what we drink, how shall we be clothed. Because we're representing the kingdom. And God already have people out there for us to take care of us. Because we're doing a work unto him. And when you're doing a work unto the Lord, we shouldn't be looking to man to do this or to do that. Because we know that God have already touched the hearts of men and women to supply for those that he's sending out. But why do we feel as if I can't do not unless the money come first for me to do? If me and my husband waited on the money first before we did anything, we'd be in a hot mess, y'all. Because guess what? We'll keep waiting. We'll keep waiting. We'll keep waiting. But if you're trusting God, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. That means, God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to do it. I'm not looking at the money. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to your word because if you're telling me to do it at this time, then you know something that I don't know. So when I step out in faith, you're going to send home you need to send to fulfill what need to be fulfilled. So when the storm came, and the church was so toe up from the flow up, it didn't look like it could be fixed because everybody that was coming into town was busy with other projects. You couldn't find people to do the work, but God had a plan. So the only thing we had to do was thank God for what was already done and see it being done, even though it looked toe up. And God sent the exact people that needed to do the work. And y'all, this is so funny. God has sent people that sometime having tackled something this big before. So the first gentleman that he sent to us, he was sitting there, God ministering to him right there on that front row, and God ministering so much, the man didn't want to leave, he crying, and then the other man that was with him, he crying, and we just blessing the Lord with all the things that God has done. And this gentleman told us, he said, you know what? He said, I didn't know if I was going to take that job. I never had a job that big before. He said, but for some reason, I needed to take that job. So when he took the job, he had different things that were popping up that he wasn't familiar with before. So he had to get answers from somebody else. But what God was doing, he was showing him, I'm God. It's not you that's going to do it. It's me that's going to work through you to get it done. So everybody that God sent in this place, God had a reason for sending them. And the thing is, y'all, when God is at work in something... God is showing himself mighty because it was people that couldn't get people to help them. They couldn't find the contractors. But God allowed people to come into this house and put this house back together the way he wanted it to be. And even touch the hearts of the adjusters, y'all. I'm going to tell you something. The only thing I had to do when we was walking through the church, this is funny. My husband was, I know you were saying look like she would hush. I would go through the church and say, that right there just don't look right. You need to check that out. The man would tear it up, tear the whole thing out. So before we knew that they had gutted everything out. 
So when the adjuster came out here, he was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get a contractor and see what it's going to take to put this back together again. I said, okay. I said, in the meanwhile, we need some money. They don't normally give you money like that. That man was laying it down in my hand. Go get your equipment. Go get this to, to keep going. Just laying it down. Boom, bam, there it was. So when I ran out of money for this equipment and stuff, I said, I, I'm out of money. I got to keep uh, preaching the gospel now. You can't hold me off from preaching. He said, okay, I'm going to send you some more. And he sent it. Everything was done in decency and order because you have not because you ask not. And sometimes we have not because we ask to miss to consume it upon our own lust. God knew it wasn't about me and my husband. It was about the gospel being preached and us doing what we need to do. And the funny part was when they sent the next man in here to look at the chairs, to look at what got messed up and everything. And really, it was nothing really in here. Y'all, they had already cleaned the place, right? The man come in here. He told us, don't come in here. It's mold in here. I said, I'm going to let this dude keep thinking there's some mold up in here. So he can just go ahead and write me another check. <laughs> I'm serious. I said, if you want to think mold, think mold. Them people done cleaned up in here. Maybe you see something I don't. So I'm just going to shut up for a while. No, you stand back here. Y'all, didn't he say this? Close this off. Don't let nobody up in here. I'm like, huh? People don't clean this place. So I say, you know what? I'm, I'm letting the man do his job. He know what he's doing. The man ended up writing all that. He said, all that's gone. All that's gone. I said, okay, praise Jesus. All that's gone. Let's start writing up what's gone. <laughs> I was asking him about this stuff, about the chairs. We'll do this. We'll do. No, all that's gone. All that's gone. Okay, you say it's gone. It's gone. I ain't going to say it ain't gone. I'm going to write down gone. <laughs> but we didn't have to do nothing. But be led by God and follow the leading of the spirit. And y'all, they was on it so quick, so quick. So by the time they got up in here and done what they done, it took them five weeks to finish this place. And they were really amazed. Even the cleaning crew that would come in here and do the work, God had one of the head leaders in here crying. And they loved us so much. Everything that we asked them to do, they was on it. We had no problem with them doing it. Why? Because when you're doing a work for the Lord, and the Lord know your heart, God will get stuff done quick, fast, in a hurry if you just trust him. Because God is saying, it's not you that's going to do it. It's me that's going to do it through you. I'm going to touch the hearts of men and women that come in here to get done what need to be done outside of what they think and outside of how they feel. Then another thing that happened, and God is telling this for a reason, when they had gave, they gave us a bill, and I told my husband when I looked at the bill, I said, uh-uh, something wrong with this. I said, we're being overcharged with this right here. Something is definitely wrong with this bill. So when I went to the guy, I said, that's costing too much. That's way too much for what you're charging. He went back and looked at it. We was $10,000 overcharged. He had to fix it. Now, if the Holy Spirit did not tell me that, then we would have paid over for material that we didn't have to pay for. Then the next thing was, every time I looked at material sitting down there, and I saw how much they had finished, I said, um, you leave that right there. You don't take that with you. Didn't we pay for that? He said, yes, leave it there. 
See, the Lord will show you what's going on. My husband said, now what are we going to do with that? Put it in storage. <laughs> we paid for it. They're not taking it with them, not unless he want to purchase it. See, the Holy Spirit will show you how to be a steward. Was that not a steward? I was being a steward. But see, some people think women don't know. But with the help of the Holy Ghost women, y'all will know what's going on. I had my husband back and forth with these men. And it sounds stupid, didn't it, honey, sometimes? See how you do? Now, man, can you just go in there and check it out? Sure enough, because the Holy Ghost was moving. So what am I saying? In that verse, Jesus was just telling them, go. Don't take nothing with you. Why? Because he knew they were kingdom. And kingdom takes care of kingdom. So whatever you need as a kingdom citizen, don't look at what's in your bank. Kingdom got more than you got in your bank. If you don't have number five dollars in your, if you got five dollars in your bank, interest done took that anyway. But if you got it in your bank, you just give God glory over what you have and thank him. And if you're faithful over the little, he'll make you ruler over much. So that's why Jesus was telling them, I'm sending you out trusting me. It's not about you. It's about me. You're working for the kingdom. You're working for me. So you don't need to take all this with you, all these extra clothes, all this, that, and the other. You're going to be provided for. Can you imagine women going on a trip with one outfit? If Jesus said that's all you need, that's all you go with because you're going to come back with more than what you need. Why? Because you entrust in him with the little that you have and you go in with what you have. So that's just how good God is. And that's also in Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 1 through verse 7. Luke 10 is talking about Jesus sending them out. And also, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 8 through 14. I'm going to start at verse 7. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. And what Paul was basically telling the Corinthians is what's supposed to happen dealing with ministers. And in verse 7, it says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charge? charges? Who plant a vineyard and eat not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eat not of the milk of the flock? So what Paul is saying that when someone plants something, they receive from what they planted, right? So Paul is getting deep in this. Now I'm going in the expanded Bible in verse 8. I do not say this by human authority, from human experience, according to man. So Paul was letting them know, what I'm saying to you is not according to man. God law always says the same thing, for it is written in the law of Moses. Now, y'all, if Jesus didn't want us to use this law, why is Paul repeating it? It is written in the law of Moses. Do not muzzle an ox when he is working in treading and threshing the grain. This is what's happening with an ox. When that ox is working hard, out there working for them, they don't just take away that substance from that ox. They just let that ox eat as much as he want to because he's treading that corn. He's used to um, get what's needed for them. So he said, uh-uh, let them eat as much as they want. So that's why he used that ox. He said, you don't muzzle the ox. When God said this, was he thinking only concern about the ox? No. He was really surely talking about us for our benefit. Yes, that scripture was written for us because it goes on to say, 
The one who plows and the one who works in the grain should hope to get some of the grain for their work. Since we planted, sowed spiritual seed, listen at Paul, among you, is it too much if we should harvest material things from you, receive support for ministry? If others have the right to get something from you, surely we have this right too, or even more so. But we do not use it, have not exercised this right. No, we put up with everything, put up with everything ourselves so that we will not keep anyone from believing or put a hindrance to the good news, the gospel of Christ. Surely, don't you know that those who work at the temple perform priestly temple services, get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar get part of what is offered at the altar in the same way. The Lord has commanded that those who tell the good news, proclaim, preach the gospel, should get their living from this work, the gospel. Now, if people are reading this and they're saying, pastors shouldn't get anything, then they're going outside of what the word of God is saying. And the reason why Paul used the ox and the reason why Paul used um, if you sow, if we're sowing spiritual things, then we should receive from you material things. Because Paul and them, and just like me, we're just like that ox. We have to labor. We have to get into that word. We have to get before God. We have to make sure the church is running like the church supposed to run. We have to keep things in order. So Paul is saying, we don't take from you. And the reason why Paul was saying they don't take from them is because they had a problem with giving unto Paul. So Paul said, I'm not going to take it from you because I don't want to hinder this gospel that I'm giving to you. I want you to receive this gospel. So don't support me. Even though you should support me, I'm going to work myself and support myself because I know where your heart is and I don't want the gospel to be hindered because I'm taken from you. But he goes on to say, if we're giving you spiritual things, shouldn't we sow material things from you? Paul didn't change the word. He let them know what the word was saying, but they were thinking Paul and them shouldn't be supported for what they're doing. But Paul made it plain. We should be supported for what we're doing. An ox is supported. An ox, when he's doing his work, the green is left there for that ox to eat all he wants. So he was comparing that scripture. Now, did Paul get rid of that Old Testament scripture? No. He brought it back to them to, to make a point to let them know this is not done away with, y'all. Who was being supported? The Levites. Because they were in that temple. They were doing a work for the Lord. So... Do we omit this and say ministers should not be supported? Some people do omit that. Some people turn that around because they say they should work just like anybody else. But if God has called anyone like he has called me off of a job and I heard the calling of God. And y'all see I've been off a job for about 20 years and my husband as well. And God is still moving. See, you got to look at who you up under And you got to look at God being glorified through the people that's ministering unto you. And you have to see God through us. And this is what Paul was saying. They did not want him to be supported. So Paul said, just because of how you feel, we'll support ourselves because we don't want it to be hindered. But that's not how it should be. And this is what's wrong with the hearts of the people. Everybody can support everything else except the pastor's. Or accept the ones that God want to be supported because they feel like they don't need it. 
Why they need it? Why they living better than me? Because if they're honoring God with what they have and they doing with what God tell them to do, guess what? God is going to show man. I want them to see my glory through them. You can't stop what I'm doing. If you don't give, I got a ram in the bush. What you miss, I'm going to give somebody else that right to sow into their lives. Because I remember that people was dropping out of here like flies because of what the enemy tried to do. Because me and my husband moved into another home. Y'all, it's so sad. Because when you listen to God and you faithful over what you have, guess what? God will move you up and keep moving you higher and higher. And y'all, this is the funny part with God. What God does to show himself mighty is, even with moving you up, how many know that when you go purchase something, they look at what you have, the amount of money you make and bring in, right? For you to get what you have. Is that not right? How in the world can you keep moving up with the same income? Anyone? Something's supposed to change, right? Because when you go anywhere to purchase anything, they want to see your pay stub. Is that not right? They want to see it. Even during income tax time, when we file income taxes... (laughs) The lady always say, you done gave half of what you made back to the church. And who does that? Who does that? You know why? Because when you make up your mind that God is the one that takes care of you, you trust in him with what you have. That's why God changed the hearts of men and women to give to you. On behalf of him. And this is what we should do. We have to trust God with what we have. Because if we don't trust God with what we have. Then guess what? That means that we feel like we can do better than God. And, and this is another thing that God is reminding me of too. Some people may say, yeah, I have the same income too. But guess what? Anybody in this room that is on a job, you get an increase somewhere sometimes. Is that not right? Okay, I'll use this for instance. If you self-employed, like the people that was dealing with us in the church, they don't leave their prices the same every year. They have to increase those prices because when things go up, they have to make their prices go up, right? If you self-employed, you can't leave your stuff the same every year. It has to go up even the more. I remember a lady that was doing my dog and... um. She said the Lord told her to charge a certain price for grooming. And that's what she was doing. This woman was charging like $20 and doing the full grooming. And everybody was coming to her for that grooming. And she kept doing it, y'all, for years and years and years. She never went up. It was just $20. She said, I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. But lately, it popped back up. She increased it. So I don't know what changed. I don't know if the Lord told her. Now I want you to go higher in doing this. I don't know. But the only thing I'm saying is anybody that's on the job, you look for increase, don't you? You look for your salary to increase, not decrease. And as your salary increase, areas in your life begin to increase, right? Things begin to change. You have some extra money coming in. But when you're trusting God and you don't move, now, even if you own Social Security, ain't that increase sometimes? Hello, somebody. Don't they give you something sometimes? 
and some increases somewhere. So what I'm telling you is me and my husband has been at the same place, same place, but God is steady blessing. Why? Because we're trusting God. We, we don't try to go out and say, church, this ain't working. We got to do better. No, we don't. What do we say? Give from the heart. So it's where your heart is. So our dependency is supposed to be on him. Not only us, but you as well. You, your dependency is supposed to be on God. And when you get an increase, the increasing actually for you. It ain't all the time for you. God could use that for somebody else. You know how we'll pray, Lord, if I just get more, Lord, I can just help somebody else. Lord, if I just get more, I can get somebody else a little something. You get that more and then it's gone. You're like, well, Lord, I need a little bit more. But you have to lay that aside and say, God, what do you want me to do with it? Because when you didn't have it, did you make it? See, this is how our mentality have to be. So God will take you places with the little that you have if you listen to what he's saying with what's being put in your hand. So then another scripture is um, 1 Timothy 5, verse 17 through 18. 1 Timothy 5, verse 17 through 18. And this scripture says, The elders who lead the church well should receive double honor, or both honor, double honor, probably includes both respect and financial support, especially those who work hard by speaking, preaching, and teaching. Because the scripture says, here go Paul again, when an ox is working in the grain, threshing, do not cover its mouth to keep it from eating. Don't muzzle it. And a worker should be given his pay, deserve his wages, is worthy of his hire. So it said that pastors, elders should have double honor because the time that they're putting in, you know, into the word, into the ministry, into counseling, doing things. If we honor what the word is saying, and am, am I going over this to get anything from you? No, I'm going over this because it's the word. Some people think that when you go over things like this, oh, they after money. No, because if I was after money, I'd just call it out and tell you. It's not about being after money. It's about knowing what the word is saying so you can take this very same word and you can minister this word to others because it's coming out of the word of God. So Paul said pastors should receive double honor. So he said don't muzzle the ox. He's saying that again. He said that ox should be free. That ox should be free to go out and eat as much as he wants. Why? Because he has taken it upon himself to do a work that God would have him to do. Amen. Then Galatians 6, 6. Let's look at that. Galatians 6, 6. Let him who receives instructions in the word of God share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his support. So that means that if you have someone that's teaching you, that's giving you the word, that has labor over that word, they should be supported. These scriptures are just backing up to let you know. Remember in the Old Testament, dealing with those Levites, what the people say, we up under a new covenant. Okay, here is Paul. This is Paul talking. The one that spent time with Jesus outside of his disciples. This is Paul. He got revelation from God. Paul is saying exactly the same thing. He just bringing it into the new covenant, right? He just bringing it another way, but it's still the same word. So do we omit this? No, we don't omit it. When we come to situations in the house of God, where do we go? We go to the scripture 
And we allow the word of God to speak to us and not our flesh to speak to us. And this is why so many churches are mixed up and messed up because they want to decide what to do and how to do it instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to step in and say, we want to do it according to the word of God. Let's look at the scriptures concerning the one that's laboring over the word of God. Let's see if they're worthy of double honor. Let's see, are they just behind the pulpit to get money and working a job too and trying to get it out the church too? Let's see if they're allowing things to be in the house of God that should not be in the house of God. Let's see if they're standing for what's right and they're not coming off of what's right and they're not allowing the world to come into the church, but they're standing on the truth. Let's see if they worth. You got scriptures to back up. You got scriptures to stand on to see if the person that God has put over you is doing things according to the word of God and not just doing it one Sunday and then the next Sunday they go into something else. No, they're steadfast, unremovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. They don't let nobody change them. If God said it, that's the final answer. We're not going to go and do nothing else because this is what God is saying. Those are the ones we're supposed to support, not the ones that um, will tell you, I'm not coming if I don't have this certain amount. Me and Evangelist Newton was talking about that today, dealing with different people who want certain amounts to come to a place. You can limit God. I can understand flying me over there and flying me back. I can't even understand that because um, I ain't ready to fly yet, but God knows. <laughs> Only thing I'm saying is, God knows. So God might lay it on our heart and say, you don't even have to pay for the airfare. God is just telling me to go. You don't know what God want to do, so you have to hear God because the gospel is not for sale. Everywhere we go, we're supposed to present this gospel and we don't supposed to lay down a price. We have common sense to know that if we hear the Holy Spirit, sometimes people need help. Amen. They need help. I remember when I first met Apostle, and she done the first service in this church, and the Lord had asked me to ask her to do the service. Before I can say anything to her, she said, I'm not charging you to even come. I'll pay for my airline ticket. She said, if you want to give me a love offering, that's okay. If you don't, that's okay. Who does that? God. This is how it's supposed to be. Whatever God put on your heart, he's got something else to give you in return. Because she gave something, did she not? She gave something. Sometimes we have to give up something to get something. But some of us don't want to let go of what we have, not even a shirt you know you can't wear. And you're busting out of it like the Incredible Hulk. And you're trying to stuff everything up in it. And you can't breathe when you know God told you to get that shirt to Teresa. Who does that? Or you get in the mirror, you don't check yourself five, six, seven times. Ain't nothing changed. Nothing but the fog on the mirror. And you still trying to keep them same clothes. Maybe I'll, God want to bless you with more clothes. You done gained some weight. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. See them clothes flying away. Let them go. That's why they got let go, right? Let them go. Some people say, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> Maybe God is trying to tell you something tonight. And I have to pick on my husband. 
My husband had a pair of shorts, y'all. Mm, Jesus. It looked like he got shot 90 times in them shorts. I said, I'm going to get rid of him as sure as my name is what it is because he's living like a poor man and that he ain't. He was just so comfortable in them shorts. And every time I seen him come around the corner like he got shot again, I threw them shorts in the trash. And this man got mad. Why are you throwing my shorts? Them were some good shorts. Ooh, maybe that's keeping us where we are. Let it go. <laughs> so he let it go. And guess what? When you let go of stuff, God can bring something else in. But when you hold on to that, God said, I want to give you more, but you won't let go of what you have. It's time for you to let that go. And you know how we do women? We just look at it. Prance all over the place and look at it and say, hmm, I can use this again. My husband would tell me, all them stuff in that building. Every time I want to clean it out, no, 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 somebody can use that. Well, when is you going to give it to them? (laughs) Y'all need to put it out front so they can get it. So once we, y'all, once we let go of these five buildings, God going to fill them up again. This is what happens every time. Once we let go, God end up bringing more in. That's why he say give. You give and you get. Then when you get it, you're giving it back out. This child over here in this corner... Porter, I would walk back there, see clothes hanging up here. Then she done dropped them off at the sound room. Sound room don't know they dropped them off in the kitchen. Go back there in the video department. Kim will have them hanging up. They come from Porter House. Then Porter gets some more and start hanging some more up in the church. Here, I got this right here. She's giving it. Then she's getting it back. Then she's rolling it over. Come on, y'all. Is that not what's happening? Because she's giving it. She's not keeping it, but then she's getting more of it. And that's how we're supposed to be in the kingdom. Whatever we're not using, we're supposed to be able to bless someone else with it. When we have these outreach yard sales, I was telling Quan and them, I said, don't put a price on it. Just tell them, you want to give a donation? Give a donation for it. I'll tell you what, they'll come up there and the people, the Spanish people, you don't understand what they're saying, but little Renee back there, Renee was saying something and saying it so quick. (laughs) What was the word, Renee? Huh? I don't think it was that. What, What was it, Renee? She don't remember, but Renee was saying it fast. I said, you might be giving them everything, Nate. But she was getting rid of it. We was trying to get rid of it. It was hot, wasn't it, Quam? But but see, this is what we do. It's a joy in giving, y'all. It's such a joy to see people coming up and getting stuff. And some people don't really need it, but they just grab it to say they got it. But it's a blessing to give. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So that's how our heart should be, is to be able to give unto people. Me and my husband spent... Got back in the house about 11.30 last night, I believe, helping someone. We was from one place to another. We end up at the courthouse, which I wasn't going to. You know what? Rick God sought us up. That's what he did. He sought us up. Because <laughs> I was telling um, Evangelist right here, she was going walking. She said, do y'all normally still walk? I said, yeah, but I'm not going today. I got them kids. All of a sudden, the kids left, and it was like, 
go around the courthouse. So I told my husband, let's go around the courthouse. Went around the courthouse, y'all. And as we were walking, the person that I needed to talk to concerning the other person, guess what they were doing? Walking around the courthouse. So I had a conversation with that person. Then we had to meet the other people up to McDonald's. We went from the courthouse to McDonald's to their house. But God done a work. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give of ourselves. And as we give of ourselves and people see us giving of ourselves, and Evangelist Newton say, you need us for backup. (laughs) They were willing to go with us. I say, no, we better not put all of us up in there because you don't know how they'll feel. But she was willing to go with us. But what I'm saying is, giving of your time, giving of your resources, and not expecting nothing in return. And it was so funny when we was um, on the way helping them, somebody else called us and was talking to my husband about helping somebody else. And they heard somebody in the background. They said, what's that? My husband said, that's somebody else we got in the car helping them. So see, this is what I'm saying. This is what we do. Do we do it to get something? No, we do it because that's the heart of God. We always want to give something of ourselves to others to let them know there is a God. And you got to take out time and what you do to help somebody else besides yourself. And then it comes back full circle and people remember when. I remember when I was in this situation. So that's how we supposed to be, just like God. God was a giver. Did giving stop up under grace? No, it was just given another way. But it never stopped. And that's what people are saying. They want things in the church to stop, but they want the world to go on to get. How is that, y'all? They are twisting people's minds to think that the church don't have a right For people to give into the body of Christ. In order to help people, we have to have substance to help folks. Is that not right? And if people's heart is not towards God to help people, guess what? It's a lot of people that's being missed. But thank God that he'll bring people in to fulfill what other people don't want to fulfill. Y'all, our trust have to be in him and him alone. Because in this day and in this hour... Change has really come. And you can see it all over the place. I was reading where this pastor, he said he no longer wanted to be a Christian no more. And he was pastoring for 10 years. He wrote a book. Some of y'all might know the book. It, um, I say goodbye to, to something. But it's on the internet. He just gave up being, being a Christian. He wrote a book at age 20 about dating and how he was going to be faithful Um, to not date until he got married and he was telling people how they could do it in the book. And he came out, but 2015, before he didn't want to be a Christian, he told the congregation that he didn't live his life the way he needed to live his life. He was homeschooled for up to, for 17 years. He said he was homeschooled up to age 17. Then he ended up having this group for young people. Then he ended up writing his first book and that sold millions. Then he was up under this other um, gentleman and this gentleman turned his church over to him. He pastored that church for 10 years. That was a novice. They gave him all that before his time. And that's not where he needed to be. So he felt he, he, 
he got left out. So after this in 2015, now 2019, he said he don't want to be a Christian no more. He divorced his wife. He's no longer married. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, God already told you, you're going to see more evil in 2019 than you ever seen before. And you got people over churches leading people astray and they're counting on these pastors. This is the second pastor that done it, that had a big congregation that said they no longer want to be saved anymore. And he was even apologizing to the homosexuals for what he said in the book. So I'm here to tell you today, we need the word and we need to know the truth and what the truth is. And our heart needs to be towards the truth. And the only way this can happen is by us getting into the word and hearing what God has to say unto us according to the word of God. And these teachings that you're getting is coming right out of the word of God. And if you're taking them the wrong way, it's because this is how you choose to take them. And this is how the enemy wants you to take it. But this is the word. This is nothing but the truth. And this is how we need to search ourselves to make sure we're lining up with the truth. And if you're lining up with the truth, you're going to do what the truth is telling you to do. And you're not going to listen to somebody else that's opposing the truth. And if you're listening to them, it's because you choose to listen to them and you're ignoring what God is telling you to do because you reap what you sow what how much you sow is what you're going to reap that's why we need to spend more time with God so we we can give from our hearts and not give on how we feel it's not about feeling y'all it's about faith amen and I have some more scriptures but I'm gonna stop there I have three more but I feel like if I give you three more you'll think it's too much so we're going to stop there and continue um, next week on those other three. But um, go back over um, dealing with um, support of the ministry. So the ministry, God is saying, need to be supported. And the word verifies that. It's not something I come up with. It's what the word is saying unto you. So go back through the scriptures. Have the Holy Spirit to minister to you so you would understand it. Get more revelation on it. Amen. Amen. So have we learned something so far? And have you gotten out of the scriptures what Jesus was saying about the tithes? And now we're going on what Paul is saying through what he learned from who? He learned it from Jesus. He learned it from the Holy Spirit. He got revelation. So everything is backing up, even what was said, even in the Old Testament. Amen? Do we have any announcements at this time? Any announcements?